Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. In our Gospel lesson this morning, the context is Jesus happens to be, even though you didn't hear it this morning, he's sitting on a cult. He's sitting on a cult because he's just ridden through a great crowd shouting and cheering his triumphal entry into their city, Jerusalem. That's just where he's been coming from. They've been hailing him as their king and as the one Specifically, the one who brings peace. The one who brings peace to Jerusalem, the city of peace. And so the mood is one of great joy and expectation. The crowd is cheerful. They are confident that this Jesus is their Messiah. He rides on past the crowds and he gets closer and closer to the city. And when he gets close enough, he stops the cult. And there he sits and he looks out over the city of David, the city set on a hill, the city of God's visitation, the very city of peace, the city of peace where God himself has come to dwell with his people in the temple. He looks over this city, the city that he loves, and Jesus is moved there. He is moved with deep Emotion with great feeling. Here the impassable God, the eternal Logos, the unchangeable, impassable God in human flesh weeps. He weeps with great feeling for this city of Jerusalem and for those who will suffer greatly because they did not know the day of visitation. If you had known he says, as he sits there in the hearing of his disciples, as he sits there weeping over the city, he says, if you had known in this your day the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Here the Lord, the Prince of Peace, he has come to his people, he has come to his own city, to his temple, to bring peace, to bring comfort, to bring everlasting joy, but there will be no peace because they have not known him. They have not known him who is their very brother, their savior. They have not prepared for his coming. They will not receive him with joy and his coming will not result in their peace. It will result as he predicts in this very passage in their destruction and judgment. And this is why he weeps. He weeps because he loves them just as he wept over Lazarus whom he loved. He has come to save, not to destroy. He has come to bring peace. And yet his coming brings rather a sword and not peace to some, and in the end destruction, because they have loved darkness rather than light. So Jesus sits there on his colt and he looks out over the city and he weeps and he tells and predicts the future destruction of Jerusalem, which happens in 70 AD, not too many years from then. 
a destruction in which one stone will not be left upon another. Everyone in the city that does not escape will be slaughtered and destroyed because, as he says in this very passage, because they did not know the time of their visitation. He rides on down into the city, and he goes straight into the temple, and he drives out those who were buying and selling the money changers, those who had corrupted the house of God, those who had stolen instead of prayed. And then it says he was daily in the temple teaching. He was daily in the temple teaching. As sad and as foreboding as this passage is, the final detail is encouraging. Because it gives us a picture of what will occur. Jesus will drive out the impure and he will cleanse his temple and he will fill it with the word of life even though it will not be without judgment and destruction. Jesus' coming is meant for peace. But sadly, for many it does not bring peace. For many it brings a sword. For those who do not know the time of visitation and prepare for it, it is a time of judgment because the chaff simply cannot live with the fire. Jesus warned them a while back, actually, in Luke chapter 14. We read of a story he tells them in which he's warning them of this very thing. He tells them a story of a king who went to war against another king. One of the kings had 10,000 soldiers and the other king had 20,000 Well, the one with the 10,000 wisely sent a delegation and he sued for peace because he recognized he was about to be overcome by a superior force. (laughs) Jesus came to Jerusalem just like Jesus comes to you and I. And he is the superior force. He's come to destroy your enemies, sin and death and everything that opposes the love of God. God made you for Christ. That's why you exist. God made you for Christ. You are His delight. The Son of God was always going to enter this world. And He made the world so that He could. And He made you for His pleasure. He made you. He made Christ many friends to meet and greet Him when He became a man. He made you to be His friend and His companion. And yet, to be is delight. But if we cling to sin, to darkness, we cannot be his friend. He desires our salvation. But when the light comes, the darkness is destroyed. And that's why he weeps. Because his very own children, the ones that he had nurtured and cared for and chosen, his very own children had rejected him. And they had loved the darkness instead of the light. And they had not recognized the day of visitation. They had not recognized the day when the superior force visited their city and their temple. They did not forsake all. And what they clung to was destroyed, and they with it. This passage here in Luke's Gospel alludes to a passage in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, which prophesies of Jesus coming into the temple. We read in Malachi 3, Behold, I send my messenger, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Behold, he is coming. 
But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. I will be a swift witness. Because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord. I do not change. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. The God of the Old Testament is the same God who hangs upon that cross. We were made for him, and he has come to claim us for himself. And to give us everything he has for our own enjoyment. But he is fire and light, and the darkness has no fellowship with the light. And that is absolute and cannot be otherwise. We are in great danger when we dispense with all fear and trembling in the Christian life? How many have adopted a presumptuous, devil-may-care attitude and then have perished along with it? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.